Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five on the Floor podcast and the Five Reasons Sports Network. That is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs. Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Or if you're looking to get rid of that old car, turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer, and check the very same day. They will buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your checker engine light on? Right now, get the services you need at low AutoNation prices, oil changes, tires, batteries, and more, all for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule an appointment today. And here's the biggest thing. If you're in the market for a new car, DM at 5 Reason Sports. That's at 5 Reason Sports. That's the number. And I'll give an AutoNation senior manager info so they can reach out directly and walk you through the buying process. That's 5 Reason Sports. DM me. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alf Sydney. You can find him at Alf954. I'm at Ethan J. Skolnick, our second episode here of the week. We've been looking for topics to get into here, Alf. And it's been a little dry. Um, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. The Dolphins are giving us plenty of material. I mean, there are no Dolphins left, actually. They're, 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 they're extinct. It's, a, it's, a, it's an XFL team at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if it's Patrick, they were saying that, that he's practicing in three different positions. I think one of them's left tackle. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to see how that goes on Sunday. Uh, make sure you go to mybookie.com and use the promo code 5, F-I-V-E, to bet if against I keep, the Dolphins. If, if I keep eating up in uh, Chicago, I might be able to play left tackle. I think that's possible. Actually, I want to mention this. Um, if you're going to sort of, I don't know, um, be tardy uh, for a podcast when, you're, when <laughs> your partner is trying to record one and has a very limited schedule, don't get yourself caught posting an IG story First, you're, a Chicago restaurant. Okay? You're, you're not looking at timestamps. That was way before we were supposed to record. Well, but still, though, I mean, that's why you got fat and sleepy. and why That is you, why I got sleepy. And why you blew it off uh, in the hotel as I was tr- frantically trying to text you. Just you have to be very careful. Look, I'm on several <laughs> different social media platforms, okay? IG, Facebook, which I don't know why I'm still on there. It's just people arguing about politics. But Facebook, IG, Twitter. I'm even on Snapchat now if you want to find me there, Ethan J. Skolnick. Um, and so I'm on all these different platforms. And, and I have to be careful, you know, because you don't really want people finding you sometimes. And so <laughs> I, I take great care to avoid that. And then you and I sort of use every platform completely differently, right? Like it's just it's totally different. I'm like four different personalities on it. Um, actually, that's not the only way I'm four different personalities. But anyway, other people might say <laughs> that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. But, but you can't do that, Alf. You can't 
if you got to meet somebody somewhere, or you got to, you have an appointment or a call, like don't get yourself caught. Like, but that was, that was not even in the same time frame. That was like two hours before. Cause first of all, you been um, what you have to understand is anytime uh, that I'm in Chicago, I'm going to Portillo's mm-hmm. before I do anything. So that was agenda number one. I got back to the hotel room and you know, you know, I've been flying like crazy lately. And I just like, I was just exhausted. And I, I put on my ring. I'm like, I'll wake up if, uh, you know, when Ethan's ready, he'll text me, blah, blah, blah. Slept right through everything. Mm-hmm. Just passed out. But that's also what a huge Italian beef sandwich would do to you. Put you in a coma. You know what you should have been doing up there? Jimmy Butler playing in Chicago a long time. Go talk to the people about Jimmy Butler. That's what you should have done. Got, gotten sound. Man on the, the street interviews. Man on the street interviews with people <laughs> in Chicago. That would have been terrific for the podcast. <laughs> no, that's not this podcast. Anyway, all right. So we're going to get to Jimmy Butler. And he's here, apparently. Uh, there, uh, People are saying on Twitter he's, he's actually in Miami. He was in Chicago. With Tyler Harrow, so it was the Heat's hero and their hero, because we're pronouncing hero, hero, right? Tyler Harrow? Ba-dum, boom. Ba-dum. So the two of them were together with somebody else. Who was the third person in the Instagram photo? Was that Dion? <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw about- somebody make that joke. I thought <laughs> Dion was in shape. <laughs> I mean, he's about five foot four, but I mean, there was somebody between <laughs> the two of them. But if you haven't seen this IG picture, they didn't post it, but I guess the, the gym that they were they're working out at did. And it's basically, I mean, they're both looking smug and obnoxious and us against the fucking world. And I love Perfect. it. Uh, I love it. It, it. And it's um, it's Butler and Harrow. And I, I, honestly, if you were to ask Heat fans, which two guys would you want to see working out together right now? That's who they would pick. Yep. That's who they would pick. Because they, they want it for two couple of reasons. One, they want to see Jimmy. They haven't seen Jimmy. I mean, they've seen Jimmy's in Europe somewhere the whole, whole offseason. He's like Brexit. Like, he's just he's traipsing around. <laughs> Okay, he, he's been over there, like, taking, you know, jolly photos with, with, with various luminaries over there. He hasn't been in South Park. He hasn't had a press conference yet. That has never happened. Like, the Heat have never had a, a big player join them and not had a press conference. I mean, Eddie Jones, they, like, brought his, his, his jersey down from the rafters, okay? Like, yeah. they, they, they always have pressers. They haven't been able to do it. It's not because Jimmy wasn't coming. Uh, I mean, was, the Heat are not known to be a low-key franchise when it comes to no. announcing big free agency pickups or big trades. So. Well, okay, what what gives you that idea? The <laughs> I mean, Shaq on an 18-wheeler, pep rally. With a water gun, with a pep rally, uh, <laughs> Shaq spraying people. I mean, I, I mean they, they practically threw a parade for Smush Parker. Like, th- this, is, this is not a franchise, like you said, that goes low-key. Right. Or dang the most important free agency right. pickup in, in, in NBA history. Well, yeah, it was just franchise history, not NBA history. It didn't turn out <laughs> so well for the Lakers either. They, so they've had – look, they, they've had uh, all this time that they haven't been able to introduce. Jimmy hasn't been in South Florida, at, at least that we've known of, and he's been over in Europe. And so to see him in a photo – so first, people want to see Jimmy, and they want to see him cocky. Like, that's the thing. They want to see him cocky because that's what the Heat fans are looking for. That's what's been missing the past couple of years is arrogance because there's been no reason to be arrogant. Like, when you have a bunch of B-minus players and your most important player and best player is 58 years old. Like, it's tough to be arrogant at that point. But, like, they want to see Jimmy with, like, a smirk, and that's what he had. But the other thing you want to see is Jimmy validating the rookie. Yeah, that was nice to see. Right. And, see, that's the reason, and I tweeted this, like, I, okay, I, wa- I was in Vegas. I watched Tyler Harrow in, in Summer League, and I was impressed. But what's more impressive to me, other than his attitude, which I like, 
is that there seems to be this validation from others about him. And the guys who know whether somebody else can play are the guys who can play. And yeah. so, so that is like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, it's not just him that's touting himself where he's putting himself out there constantly that he's going to have to back this stuff up. But it's the other guys who are basically saying, you know, this guy is one of us already at this yeah, point. That's, that's a, a lot of what you, a lot of the praise that you've seen about Harold is from other yes. NBA players, which is, I mean, and you, you see it from the pundits, right? And, um, of course, it's going to sound bad, but a lot of times pundits, yeah, when they see a, a flashy white guy who, who has a little bit of swag, a little bit of game, they're going to, you know, they're going to tout him mm-hmm. um, because he's, he's, you know that he, there's, there's a marketability, marketability to him, right? But did I, did I say that right? Marketable, marketability. No, 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 I don't think so. But it's Marketable, whatever. You know what I was trying to say. Um, but um, for other NBA players to watch him and be like, this kid can play, this kid can play. That's what you hear from all, all the time on Twitter, on, on the, uh, the analyst shows, this kid can play, this kid can play. And then like you're saying, for Jimmy to come down and for the first Heat player that you see him working out with, for it to be Tyler Hero, like that's huge, right? Um, it it puts it in the minds of the fans that this guy is legit. Um, psychologically for Tyler, that has to feel good as shit, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. he, he could have called Bam, he could have called Goron, he could have called Dion, could have called Winslow. No, he called Tyler Hero, and that's awesome. So um, it just it it I I could I could sense the excitement with the Heat fans on Twitter and Instagram today. Uh, seeing those two guys together, it just kind of it, it, it gives you the feeling that that season's coming soon and there's a lot to be excited about. Right, and the Dolphins will be 0-4 by the time the training camp's Oh, my God. Uh, in, uh, I believe on October 1st. Yeah, look, I, I think the other thing about it, like I say, the validation, but it's also Jimmy is – I know he was in Europe, but he has shown interest in these other guys. Uh, you know, Bam telling me – I don't know if, if everybody's listened to that podcast I did with Bam before he went out to – and things didn't go so well with Team USA, the Team Celtics, which I think guess they destroyed – a bunch of five foot eight guys from Japan today, but I mean, they're, they're not real good. Um, but before he went out there and he said that Bam contacted him on his, bir- uh, excuse me, Jimmy contacted him on his birthday and he was surprised. Like he didn't even know that Jimmy knew it was his birthday. So he's already showing an interest in his teammates. And like you said, to pick Tyler Harrow, that is, that's not just, you know, a basketball thing. That's also a strategic thing. I think Jimmy, and, and again, I've done what five podcasts on Jimmy at this point, like, and people should listen to them, the Jimmy Chronicles that we did, the, you know, uh, Buckets Backstories. Like, he is, he's basically shown so far uh, that he wants to lead, I think, with some of the things he's done behind the scenes. And so to be working with the rookie, you're validating the rookie, you're showing you're going to guide the rookie. This is a guy who may end up, being his wing partner for the long term. If Tyler Harrow ends up winning that two job, it's going to be Jimmy and Tyler Harrow at the two and three spots, like going mm-hmm. forward. And so to have those two guys working together, I thought was really positive. And again, I love the attitude. I mean, this team has needed to have an edge and an attitude. People talk about it with the Hurricanes all the time. But the Heat, look, uh, the first quote that Eddie, Eddie House gave me, and I know Eddie didn't stick around long. And if, if, if Eddie hadn't stuck around, they would, have, they would have had Patrick Beverly for the next 10 years, okay, guarding people. But they chose Eddie House. But Ed, I, when I talked to Eddie on the side, when all this shit was going on with the Heat after the big three and after training camp, they came back to Miami. 
and I was talking to Eddie about some of the, the comments from various people around the NBA taking shots, and Eddie said, middle fingers to the haters. Okay, that mm-hmm. was the quote. And, and I feel like the Heat need that edge. That's part of their quote, quote, culture, okay? And I feel like for the last few years, ever since LeBron left, the Heat have been in this defensive position. It's like, well, we lost LeBron, and now we're kind of shrinking to a corner, and we don't – you know, we have some tough guys like James Johnson all there, but we don't have – really any that kind of edge it was they had a scrappiness with the Rodney Magruders but they didn't have that kind of anger that edge that those big three teams played with that Chris well, Anderson when, played with that that Udonis Haslam played with when he was closer to his prime well when the when the Heat have been successful it's always been a mix of what the hustle the hard-working humble scrappy right there, there's been that side of the team but right. there's also been the flash the swag the 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 the, the um the attitude that you like how you're saying there's there's been a mixture of both right so when when the heat won in 2006 you had those scrappy guys you had Udonis Haslam you had a bunch of hard-working guys but you also had Gary Payton and Shaquille O'Neal and Jason Williams who actually was less swaggy than usual on the heat but you had that you had both sides of it you had well, you, also, you also had Twan shooting shoot you know with a tippy toe three which she means had- but then you also had Alonzo Mourning coming off the bench right right and it's, then even with the big three Heat teams, you had Udonis, you had Mike Miller, you had Joel Anthony, you hardworking, scrappy. Uh, you had that side of the team. And then you had the guys who uh, – and even I would even put Chris Bosh more on that side. He wasn't part of the flash and the attitude. But you had LeBron and Dwayne, and especially LeBron, uh, who was trying to prove a point for four years straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what this team has always needed. It, always, it needs that hardworking Heat culture mentality – but without the star, um, without the arrogance, without the attitude, without that superstar mentality, it does. It just doesn't all fit. You're going to be a meet, you're going to be a middling forty win team with just heat culture. Now you add star power to heat culture, and that's when you when you, when you start to build a winning championship team. Well, you need that look that LeBron had in Boston that night, and and there's just nobody on this team, and that edge that Dwayne would have when, you know, Danilo Gallinari, you know, made him bleed his own blood, right? Like that, that. Nobody you made need, him bleed my own blood. <laughs> right? I mean, you've needed that and you don't, and you need Udonis, but Udonis is not on the floor anymore. And so I, I just think to have this kind of attitude that Jimmy brings and that Harrow brings, and there's no question, because one of the first things you were, you and I were at the press conference when they drafted Harrow. And one of the first things that Pat said was that he never had a guy who wanted to be a heat player more than this guy. Like, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning, Tyler Harrow has bought into this thing, like from the beginning. And that matters. I, I think it matters to have guys who want to be somewhere. I mean, look again, what the dolphins are dealing with where nobody wants to be there. And then Clowney says, don't trade me there. Right. Like you, ha- you have to be an organization that people want to be there. And Tyler Harrow from the beginning has had this chip on his shoulder. And I feel like a lot of these guys on this team, if you go through them one by one, think about it. Jimmy's got a chip on his shoulder because basically, if you listen to what Keith Pompey said, they well, they offered him an extension. They would have done it during the season, but they didn't really want to do it after the season, right? And so, and Philly's, you know, all over his case right now. D, we've talked about Dion and also about, um, you know, we've talked about Dion and also about JJ, and there should be definitely a chip on the shoulder from them, right? Um, you've got. Yeah, I'd, you know, be, Gor- I'd be shocked if those guys don't come in trying to prove something this year. Well, and Goran Dragic. And disappointed. Goran Dragic just had his one injury plague season of his career, right? And everybody has traded him all off season. And yeah, Goran, Goran as, as nice a guy as he, as he is, he plays with edge. He's always played with edge. So now he's going to play with more of it. 
Bam Adebayo just got cut from this USA team. Justice Winslow, everybody's been telling him he's bustus for a while, right? Like he wasn't going to amount to much more. And now he has a chance to amount to much more than that. Derek Jones Jr. was cut by the freaking Suns, okay? I mean, seriously, okay? Ke- Kelly, Kelly Olenek was traded six times this offseason. So, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys. Like, I, this, what I said today and why I am so bullish on this group, and I am, you know me, I was not <laughs> bullish the last two years, okay? So, everybody me a homer. Every, you don't uh, just do it uh, willingly. Uh, here's why, okay? You give this coaching staff and this organization an uncluttered roster with a bunch of hungry guys and some star power at the top, they're going to win 48-plus games. That, that's how I feel. I, I, I think that they, they've cleaned out the clutter. They've cleaned out the pouting. We all know who that was, right? Mm-hmm. They've brought in a star. They've done it on the cheap. They lost one guy who everybody liked, okay, and Josh Richardson, but who was not deemed essential to the future. They've done all of these things. They've cleaned out the rotation so it makes sense, and they've brought in guys that have edge. Like, I, you know, and so, I mean, even Myers Leonard, like, even Myers Leonard, we, he was bitching about the traffic today in Miami. Get used to that. <laughs> he, he, was, he was complaining about – But how about, much – how him and his wife have just uh, completely embraced Miami. Yeah, they love it, except Myers Leonard's complaining. And Sorry, Myers is never going to get better. Uh, he's complaining about people go slow in the left lane down here. Uh, never going to oh, get better. Like, listen, that, if, that's, if that's your only worry, you're having a good day on the road. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's ain't Portland, okay? I've like, been how, in Portland. like, how about <laughs> a blinker every now and then, Miami, please? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's why. See, just Dorian didn't signal before it went north, okay? Just like a <laughs> Miami driver. Uh, they And by the way, I'm, I'm glad everybody's okay down here, and, and please send supplies to the Bahamas. We've been posting a bunch of stuff on Five Reasons Sports. But this ain't Portland, okay? So he's got to get used to that, all right? It's like basically Portland is – you know, you, you go across the little bridge and you get to a brewery and you hang out for a little while and hope you don't drink too much. That's Portland. But Everyone's super nice. Every, everybody's very nice. Yeah, everybody, everybody's very nice. Well, yeah, well, it, some people say Antifa. We don't want to get into all that. But, 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 but <laughs> sorry. But I, I like the fact that they've got guys with edge. I like the fact that the roster is uncluttered. I like the fact that you see these guys connecting already. I just have a good feeling about this season that I did not have when I was in training camp at FAU last year and Eric's trying to play 13 guys and you don't yeah. know who's in and who's out and they're all the damn same and who's going to get traded. And Hassan, I remember at FAU, like Hassan had to give this sort of clunky interview with Eric Reed right beforehand where he said he was going to lead the league in blocks and rebounds. It was just, it's none of that stuff this year. It's clear who the center starter is. It should be pretty clear, you know, who the, who the guard rotation is going to be. You know, Jimmy Butler's the star. You kind of know what the bench is going to be, and you know they're playing with edge. So I just feel much better about it. But when we come back, I want to get into something that may seem like a crazy notion. Is Jimmy Butler an MVP candidate? All right, if you're going to bet this weekend or on anything else, you got to go to my bookie. You know, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? We know what both Alf and I were doing. We're both struggling with podcasts. Uh, of <laughs> course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why you got to go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So here's the thing. I wouldn't be telling you to bet on them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football season, basketball season, or anything else, bet with my bookie. And did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? So when the Dolphins are down 24 nothing in the first half, you think you're going to make it a little bit closer in the second half. There'll be some garbage points. Bet on the Dolphins in the second half. You can always take the other side of what you took in the first half. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year 
until you get to NBA season, then that's the best time of year. We're going to tell you to bet on that. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. That's double your first deposit. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, to activate the offer. That's promo code 5. Visit mybookie.com today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's get to the next part of this podcast. And, and here's this may seem like a crazy notion, all right? And Jimmy Butler is not Shaq. He's also not LeBron. And neither of those guys won the MVP in their first year in Miami, but they both finished second. LeBron finished second to Derrick Rose, and Shaq finished second to Steve Nash. And that one still ir- irritates – both of them, actually, still irritate a lot of people, okay? That, that, Wait, that did, those two guys didn't I win thought LeBron MVP. finished third. No, I believe it was second and Dwight was third. I'd have to check on it, but I believe Dwight was third. Unpopular opinion, Dwight was the MVP that year. Well, my ballot was actually, and I've regretted this ballot, and LeBron let me know about my ballot, by the way. Uh, My ballot was Rose, LeBron, Dwight. It was the order they finished in. I was duped a little bit by Chicago's record (laughs) that year. Um, And, uh, you know, there was some inconsistency with that Heat team, particularly early in the season. It should have been LeBron. I don't think it was Dwight. I think it was LeBron. I think it should have been – LeBron, Dwight, Derek, to be honest. Uh, but I put Derek first. I got caught up in it. It was a mistake. Um, that's not the angriest LeBron got about me, uh, on me on a, about a vote. It was when I voted Marcus all over him for Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> I got the look for hell on that one. Also a vote I probably regret after. But the you know that uh, the funny thing about the MVP race, when I look back, and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, is that is the dawn of uh, – analytics with heat Twitter mm-hmm. because we, and, and I remember it was like, you would listen to Levitard show every day trying to get some new stat from Tom Haberstroh about how awesome LeBron was compared to Derrick Rose. And we really started digging into the numbers and it was all to defend our team. Yes. Um, and I really think that's one where heat Twitter actually became a really smart fan base. And we were a bunch of assholes too. Believe me. Yes. I'm, a, I'm the president of Heat Twitter for a reason. Um, but we well, became because, a smart... Because, because, because we named you that. Yeah, like that's, that. that's true. Because you and Sedano and uh, Mike Wallace yeah. named me president. Right. But um, it was... Uh, it really was the dawn of us really digging into the numbers. Because we, really ha- we didn't have to before. We just watched basketball and enjoyed it. We were, it wasn't us against the world. So you had to arm yourself with all these stats. And, and then, and, and that's kind of, I feel like that's what, that was the dawn of like the Christian Hernandez and Nikias Duncan's, uh, the, 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 the side of heat Twitter that really digs into the numbers. So I know I went yeah. off on a tangent, but I just no. thought that was like a really cool dawn, uh, uh, like an epiphany with heat Twitter. Well, it is. And, and it, it all gets into what the MVP, MVP debate is about. Like, is it the best player? Is it the most efficient player? Is the player that makes the biggest change in his team? And, and here's why like Jimmy Butler's not going to win MVP. But I do think he can be in the top 10. And I, I want to give you who the top 10 were last year, all right? So this will give you a, a sense of players. Some of these guys came out of nowhere, okay? Giannis won. Now, I picked him to win last year before the season, but I don't know that a lot of people did. Um, and, again, Milwaukee far outpaced expectations. Like, I, I mean, at the end of the season, you're like, oh, it makes sense. But, like, before the season, people were not saying they were going to be as good as they were. Harden was second. Everybody kind of had him in the top five. Paul George was third. I don't think anybody had that before the season. I mean, I no. think the projection was that Russ Westbrook was the most important player on that team. Jokic fourth. 
nope, sorry. <laughs> no one thought that. No, all right. <laughs> Steph Curry, fifth. I mean, that always comes down to health with him, right? And how healthy Durant is. Lillard, sixth. I don't think most people had that. Embiid, seventh. I don't think most people know that was the case. Durant, eighth. Kawhi, ninth. Like, for all the talk about Kawhi was the best player in the playoffs, Kawhi missed, like, 20 games in the regular season. So that's why he was doing the, the load management thing. He was ninth. Russ Westbrook, 10th. And then one vote each. Uh, I think it was like a th- fifth place vote for Rudy Gobert and LeBron James. Like if you would have said before the season, Rudy Gobert and LeBron James will have the same number of MVP votes. Nobody would have projected it. So Who the when hell you, voted LeBron MVP anyway? Oh, well, it's got to be somebody in LA, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, one more access. Nick Wright. But, does Nick Wright have a vote? I was going to say, does Nick Wright have a vote? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Do we ever find out who voted Dwayne second team or third team all NBA? I, mean, I, I have I, my I, suspicions. I have my suspicions too, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know who would have put Mr. Wade on that ballot. But. I, I don't know. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. No idea. No, no idea who would have done that. Um, but so, yeah, who would have said? Who would have said before the year that Nikola Jokic, okay, and most people wouldn't even pronounce his name before the season, would have 211 more MVP points than LeBron James, and LeBron would be tied with Rudy Gobert. So this idea that it's crazy to say Jimmy Butler is an MVP candidate, I don't think it is. So let's look at this list. Who could be a possible – because you're figuring, okay, nobody else is going to come from out of nowhere to this list, right? Okay? So if you look at this list and you say who could join this list and who, could, who, who might be there again? Okay, Giannis is going to be there again, right? But it's harder to repeat than it is to do it the first time because you're judged against yourself. That's what LeBron's been dealing with. Yeah. So Giannis has to put up a season that is similar or better to win it again, most likely, because he's not coming out of nowhere anymore. But I don't think that team's as good. So, and the East is weaker at the top, but I don't know that that team is as good. So I don't know that it's him. Harden, yeah, he'll be in the mix, but he's now he's sharing the ball with Westbrook. So does that diminish his numbers? Paul George is playing with Kawhi. Which is going to just diminish overall – even if his numbers are the same, right? It's 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 going to be harder for like you said because he's not sneaking up on anybody this year. Right. So even if his numbers are the same, which is going to be really hard to do, um, there people are just going to look at it like, oh, no, we we already know what you're capable of, Paul George. We're not surprised. Right. So I don't think either of them. I mean, if it's going to be either of them, it's probably going to be Kawhi, unless Kawhi is held out of more games. So I don't know that either of them necessarily. Is Nikola Jokic ever going to win an MVP? I don't know that enough people know who he is yet, and his game is not flashy enough. His game, and he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense, and you have to be really you, – you have to be more of a basketball purist to kind of understand what it is he brings because he is, he is dynamic offensively in terms of his metrics, but he's not flashy, and he's slow. He doesn't score – for, he doesn't score enough. Yeah, he, for him to not play defense, he has to score. Way, he has to score a lot of points. Right. It's like the heart. It's, it's, it's what goes on with Harding. He doesn't play defense, but he scores fifty points a game. So you're able to, you know, now maybe Jokic is more responsible for a healthier offense, but that's asking people to think way too hard. 
It is. And I think Denver is going to be really good. I, I, I like Denver and Utah a lot. I want to get to Utah in a second because I think there's an under-the-radar candidate there. But, uh, but Jokic, I, I don't think he ever wins it. Now, Steph, I think it's possible. He's got, he's got, if he plays 75 games, he's got no Durant this year. He's got no clay for most of the season. He is electric when he's alone. Okay? And he's unguardable anyway. So it's not like double-teaming him is going to make any damn difference. He'll shoot from 38 feet. It doesn't matter. I think if I was to pick the biggest threat to Giannis as MVP this year, uh, I'm, I might pick Steph. Now, there's a couple other guys down the list. Dame Lillard, I don't think is an MVP candidate, but if they're really good again, there's a chance. Embiid, I don't think so. I, I, I just don't see it. Uh, Durant's out. We mentioned Kawhi. Russ is sharing the ball with Harden. He's got to adjust to a new system. No. If it's going to be anybody from Utah, it's not Gobert. It's Donovan Mitchell taking a step forward after taking a step back last year don't think he's a prime candidate but could be but the next guy lebron here's the thing about lebron if lebron wasn't going to win it that first year he went back to cleveland i didn't think he'd ever win it again because usually you win it in the year that your team makes the huge jump and he didn't win it that first year because they got off to the slow start if you remember and i believe steph won it that year and so i i thought he would never win again he's being judged against himself I think he has a legit chance this year. What was interesting was when we had David Thorpe on, he thinks Anthony Davis is going to win it on that team. I don't see any way, even if LeBron is setting him up, that LeBron's going to allow a teammate to win the MVP. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't I don't care how much he loves AD. I don't think that's ever going to happen. LeBron is going to be the forefront of that team. I don't think that team's going to be good enough. Right. I'm but so, if it is I'm good enough, it's going to – I am too, but if it's good enough, it's because he has gotten himself. Yeah, but they're not giving LeBron a, uh, a an MVP for bringing the Lakers to the fourth seed with Anthony Davis. No, but I think here's the thing we're underestimating. LeBron just had his longest offseason he's had in forever. And you know he's going to get the best training during that period of time. You know that he hated missing the playoffs last year. He's going to have an electric season. I, I think now whether his team around him is good enough, for it to mean anything is another story. Whether AD can stay healthy, I know he stayed healthy the last few years. Whether he can stay healthy, that's another story. But he is not – he's going to have a great, great year. I think, to me, that the strongest candidates, based on their circumstances, are Giannis, Curry, and LeBron. Those are the three. But if the Heat win 50-something games and can somehow sneak into, like, the two-seed in the East, which I don't think is crazy. I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's crazy. I think they're a four-seed in the East this year, most likely. But if they get in the 50s in a weak conference, and Jimmy Butler is the clear star, and Jimmy Butler is doing the kind of things he does at times at the end of games, because that's mm -hmm. the stuff that gets picked up on highlights, right? And the ball is going – and Dion's going to try to steal it. But the ball, <laughs> is, but the ball is going to Jimmy in the end of, in the end of games. And that stuff plays on a loop on NBA TV and on the jump and everywhere else. And then you start to build the candidacy. And if the West is beating up on each other, right, they're beating up on each other where nobody's getting more than 52, 53 wins. And the Heat, because they're playing in this weaker conference, can get into the low 50s, Jimmy Butler's a candidate. He's a candidate. Yeah, I think – you know, And he's going to play every minute too, Alf. You know that. So it's like not an issue of load management with him. He's not going to miss 15 games. Like and it, I don't even think it's uh, they need fifty wins. I think uh, high forties and a, and a top four seed in the East, because I yeah, I think you can get a fourth, a, th a third, or four seed with forty nine wins in the East. Um, if that happens, wh so what always happens with the MVP uh, 
MVP conversation, when you're sharing the, the spotlight with somebody else, as you know, it's harder to win the MVP because it's harder to pinpoint what is the reason, right? If the Heat go from, uh, you know, high 30s, low 40 wins every year for, what, three straight years to high 40s, low 50s, there's going to be – it doesn't matter about Bam stepping up. It doesn't matter about Justice Winslow taking a step. It doesn't matter Deion Waiters got healthy. It doesn't matter J.J. got healthy. It doesn't matter if Goran's a sixth man of the year candidate. Everybody's going to look and say, the reason the Heat made a 10-win jump is because of Jimmy Butler. And if you are the reason a team makes a 10-win jump, and like you said, there's a bunch of highlights on ESPN and NBA TV of you hitting game winners, locking up other guys defensively, uh, you know, just just turning a, a, a basically a middling pretty bad offense into a decent offense, that is going to – I mean, that would be a top five, top three finish for him, I believe. Right, and here's the other thing about it, is that he's generally been perceived to be the third – best two-way wing in the league over the past few years, right? I, I, well, let's, play, let's say fourth if you're going to include LeBron as that, but it's uh, – LeBron's in a separate category and he doesn't defend. So you're talking about Kawhi, Paul George, right. and Jimmy. Right, Ka- Kawhi, Paul George, and Jimmy. Like, those are the three guys that get grouped the most. None of them were, none of them were picked in the top nine. Uh, none of them were supposed to become exactly what they became, right? Jimmy was 30th, Kawhi was 15th, Paul George was 10th. Like, nobody thought this when they were drafted, that they were going to become these elite wings. Again, I put LeBron in a separate category. Clay's more of a straight two. So these, these are the three wings that we talk about. Two of them are playing on the same team. Two of them are sharing shots with each other. Two of them two are going to have to share West. the spotlight. Two of them are in the West, where as good as the Clippers are going to be, I don't know that they get past 55 wins. Jimmy's in the East. Jimmy's by himself on his team as far as being a legit star, as you mentioned. Jimmy's going to get the ball at the end of games, whereas Paul George and Kawhi are going to be sharing it. Yes, Kawhi and Paul George are going to be on TV a hell of a lot more, so that matters. But I don't know that it matters so much when, again, the highlight shows are showing what's going to happen at the end of games. I think he's a legit candidate. I really do. I, I, I think you know people say, oh, he's biased. No, that's what they got him to be. And he's also now going to be working, in my opinion, with the best coach he's ever worked with. And it's not just a bias. It's not about a Heat thing. It's, in, it's, a, it's about a lack of top-tier talent on the Heat thing, right? Right. Where you, but where you can still see the Heat being a good team with, with, a, with a high win total. And when, and when the fact that there's a new superstar on the team, it's, it's, just, it's not about being a homer. It's not about being biased. It's just about it's common sense, right? This is, this is the – it'd be the easy – it's the easy choice. Who made the biggest impact on the team? You don't have to go into analytics. You don't have to go dig into the numbers. You just look non-playoff team, playoff team. What changed Jimmy Butler? All right, you're not going to give it to Myers Leonard or Tyler Hero. So if you look, if the Heat make a significant jump, you have to look at why. And once you look at why, you have to start talking about an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be in the mix. So, so I'm calling it now, top 10. As long as he stays healthy, he's top 10. All right, we'll get to our last part here. Alf's going to give a little commentary here at the end. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to let him do it. Uh, but here's the thing you need to do this weekend. We're coming up on the weekend. Magic City Casino. You got to check out the high. That's J-A-I. It's not H-I-G-H. Um, you know, that's for balls cast. The high. J-A-I at Magic City. It's been going on all summer putting a brand new spin on a classic Miami experience featuring unbeatable drink specials, a live DJ indoor lawn game area, and of course, live high lie, which is a very Miami sport 
and so much more. It's a lot of fun. They got a bunch of UM players, former UM players are out there uh, playing highlight. You might see some former Dolphins out there, too, because apparently none of them can get jobs. Uh, the high is going to be Miami's newest hotspot on Friday and Saturday night. No, you can see former highlight players playing for the Dolphins. The Dolphins, right. As long <laughs> as they get used to What is it? The Pelot? No, the Pelot? What, what is Oh, the Pelot? I, I can never pronounce the damn thing. All right. Anyway, <laughs> live the high life. J-A-I, the high life. Go check it out. It's right in Miami. It's right here. It's like Alf and I went there the other day. We're going to go back. I, I, you tell everybody, not only did I get a beer, I got some M&Ms. That's a great combination. So go get a beer, get some M&Ms. <laughs> They've got Swedish fish, too. I mean, they got everything. Go check out the high at Magic City Casino. All right, last part. I'm going to step out of the way here for you. What are you pissed about now on social I'm media? I'm not pissed. It's just, listen, I, part of the reason I'm on this podcast is because I'm kind of, I'm very in touch with Heat fans, especially on Twitter. And... I'm just kind of fed up with the idea of that every time any name becomes mentioned, Heat fans scramble to try to come up with some trade prospect, not count, not discounting basketball fit. Discounting doesn't even make sense. Discounting, does, would either team even do the trade? Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then now you have all these uh, little fan accounts with 55 followers, who think who say they have sources just to gain clout, and then they you know they come up with these ridiculous trade rumors, and then we have to talk about them, and it's annoying because I don't want to talk about them. But look at it, I'm doing it right now on this podcast. So the latest one is somebody came. Up, I, I'm not. I'm not even going to give their at. I'm not going to give the account name. I'm not going to even give them the credit, the shine, any of that. They they came out with a that they're hearing that there's rumors that the Heat want to trade Justice Winslow and Kelly Olynyk for DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Um, in what world do DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler fit next to each other? Like we discussed this the other day on the podcast. They are redundant skill sets, and, and Jimmy Butler's better. Um, do you do not want – Do you think What's that? Do you think it's possible we gave somebody the idea? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that's where – it, it came from somewhere. I don't know. I don't understand. What, it, it, actually, I know where it came. It came out of somebody's ass because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because if, if, if you're doing any kind of basketball analysis, you know you want to put shooters around Jimmy. DeMar DeRozan just shoots inefficient two-point, I mean, in uh, uh, mid-range jumpers. Well, he's not, he's not, he doesn't shoot inefficient mid-range jumpers. He I mean, he shoots efficient mid-range jumpers. Right. He, he's he shoots, a very good mid-range player. He's one of the better mid-range, but, he, but he's not a floor spacer, right? But that, he exists true. in the same space as Jimmy on the floor. That's true, yes. And, and what, what this – anybody who's watching Heat wants him to get – we're looking at spacing. So why, why would you even why, – why would you think that this is a viable trade option? And then look, I'm from the Spurs side. Why would the Spurs do that trade? Well, they wouldn't unless they're in love with Justice, which, uh, you know, and, and they've, got a, they've got a young point guard who's coming back. Actually, they had a couple, uh, that, and they got a really interesting player in Lonnie Walker. It, it, do, it doesn't make any sense. But, I, I, look, there's nothing else to talk about, Alf. That's the thing. The only, I know, thing, but... the only thing to talk about this week is what the hell was Pat Riley wearing uh, with, <laughs> with, with Dwayne? I mean, he looks – I mean, what, what was that? And, and Pat obviously can't keep time, and I can't either, so I don't want to speak to it. I shouldn't speak to it. But, like, what, I mean, what – 
Dwayne should have been leading that, right? Like, I mean, not, no, Dwayne not, is notoriously a terrible dancer. Well, no, he has, he has acknowledged that, but I'm going to get, look, Alf, we can speak to this. I'm white. You're black. <laughs> I'm going to give Dwayne the benefit of the doubt on this. Like, it looked like Dwayne was struggling to keep up for a second. Pat, listen, as, as, as a dancing authority on this podcast by default, <laughs> yes. um, Pat Riley can dance. He was on, he was on time. Uh, mostly. I mean, Slim identified a couple spaces where, and Slim's more musical than I am. And, well, I and think he was also Jewish like me, so he can't really speak too much of it. But he's he he identified some spaces there where Pat uh, did not keep beat properly. I with, feel like he was waiting for Dwayne to catch up. Possibly. Uh, you know, my only reaction to this was like, seriously, guys, like you guys could go like you know make idiots of yourself for fun now in 2019 and in 2000. 16 you couldn't get in the damn room with yeah. each other like what i mean how much pain would have been avoided like tyler johnson wouldn't be as rich okay <laughs> but other like how much pain could have been avoided alf if they had just, like like and i remember that time and i i remember how Dwayne and his folks you know around him felt about pat and it's just amazing to me how again time heals everything right like it's it's and that's great it's great that it worked out that way for the two of them and, and it's also, great for the Heat organization and great for this Heat team uh, see, when see when you that. see that. That is not – that is no small thing. Um, I mean, who is Paul Pierce dancing with <laughs> on a boat for the Celtics? Like Rajon Rondo. Yeah, no, look. I, <laughs> no, no, it, it is great. And, and it also was a contrast. And it's not why they did it. They're just having fun. But in the very same week – and we'll close here. But in the very same week, that the Dolphins and, – and you can agree with the Dolphins' strategy or not, and in some ways I do, okay? So it's not – but in the same way but, – but the Dolphins are doing this now because they were so incompetent for so long, okay? As Barry Jackson said or tweeted, in the NFL, you should not have to do what the Dolphins are doing. Like, it's a socialist league run by a bunch of so-called free market, you know, owners, okay? It's a socialist league. Like, you should not have to, to do this to succeed. But the Dolphins have been so incompetent for so long under so many people, under really two owners, that they've had to do this now. And so there's no continuity. Like, I feel for my guys at Fish Tank who are doing these incredible episodes, but they got to go back to like 20 years ago to get guys that anybody cares about because, mm -hmm. you know, talk about nostalgia because the last like 15 years for the Dolphins are just a total waste of time. Like Ryan Tannehill was here for seven years and nobody knows anything about him except his wife put a gun in the car. That's it. Like nobody knows anything. Okay. Like, and the, the Dolphins, they've just been a waste of space for so long. And so you contrast that where there's no continuity, there's no history, there's no feeling for the organization, there's no family, there's no love. And you contrast that with two guys who couldn't hash it out in 2016, but represent the best of this organization, right? For the past 25 years. I mean, all the, you know, the heat championships are all tied to Dwayne one way or the other. All right. And obviously Pat's been tied to all of it. And to have these two guys in that environment with the owner, with his wife, with, you know, the owner's son who's running a lot of stuff and his wife um, and have all of these people together in that space. It just speaks to what the heat are about. And I don't want to be, you know, I, people get upset at me because I say that five reasons sports is a heat network. We have one heat NBA podcast. We've got four NFL podcasts. Okay. Two on the <laughs> dolphins. All right. So we're not an NBA, but, but look, there's one organization in this town that's done it right. And there's the others who haven't. And so the others are trying to catch up and they're having to take these drastic means, right. To catch up this tanking this rebuilding you know that the marlins are doing that the heat are doing i'm I, excuse me the dolphins are doing we know that the panthers 
look great this year, and we also know they'll finish three points out of a playoff spot. And you don't trust them to complete these – I hate to use the word, but the processes that they, right. that they started. You, you don't trust them to do anything with any draft picks, any free – I mean, how many big free agents have the Dolphins signed? They've signed a bunch of them. I mean – Yeah, but they never work out. Mike Wallace, no. Brandon Marshall, Carlos Dampy. Dominican Sue, I mean, they, they turn out to be pretty good players here, but they never, there's nothing, and part of it is the NFL. It's harder to stay someplace for a long time in the NFL, but part of it is there is no, there's no thread that ties anybody in the Dolphins together since sort of their last remnants of the Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wanstead teams. There's no, since the last remnants of JT and Zach and Pat and Sam and Timbo, like, okay, yes, but we're talking now 15 years since most of those guys retired. Like, yep. and, and there's nothing to show for it. There's nothing. I mean, who's bringing Brian Hartline back? Like, who's – I mean, I, I mean, I can't believe I keep thinking of these guys off the top of my head. Like, you know, I mean – or, you know, well, Devon Best has had some issues. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, there's who, – who's bringing these guys – I don't even remember who's played tight end since Randy McMichael. I have no idea. I'm a total – Cameron had a concussion in the second game. I don't remember. The Heat is a totally different story. There's a thread that connects everybody. And I, I think that's one of the reasons they keep Udonis in the position he's in because it's representative of that, and he's able to sort of. But it's not just about culture. People talk about culture, but it's it's history that this organization has built, and the Continu- you know, it's history and continuity. Continuity, and the Dolphins talk about tradition, and we say nobody lives in the past like the Miami Dolphins. Okay, like they put out the best tweet of the week from the Dolphins was they put out this video of Dan Marino in 1994 after he came back from an injury. So we're talking 25 years of him shredding the Patriots. <laughs> Best quarterback who's ever lived. I'm sorry, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Best quarterback I've ever seen. I was, a, I was a Jet fan. I was afraid of Marino, okay? Best who's ever done it. Best who's ever done it. But the fact that the Dolphins have to go back to that, okay? Like, Dan, that, like Danny's, I mean, Danny's been scowling at people in retirement for 20 years now. Like, that's what you got. That and the 72 team. But the Heat actually have living history. The Dolphins don't that's, have living history. And, and that's the thing. Uh, Dan Marino, the, the, the young guys on the Dolphins don't connect to Dan Marino the way guys on the Heat and guys around the league are connecting to Dwayne Wade. And that's what you're saying. The, the gap in history is way too big, right? Even Jason Taylor. You know, the, Jason Taylor is just too long of a stretch where – just too much forgettable football for too long mm-hmm. that just that doesn't resonate with anybody. So when you're asking Davian Clowney, does he want to go play in Miami? Hell no, I don't want to go play in Miami. Right. There's nothing here. But if you talk about the heat, then Jimmy Butler can remember, oh, my buddy, Dwayne Wade, look what they just did to retire his number. Look, look, what, you know, look what the big three did. Like, it's not even about Riley anymore. It's about the legacy that others have created under Riley. It's a totally which is different why, experience. Which, I, which is why I really like that whole Instagram thing, man. It would – it's a really, really good look for the Heat that Dwayne Wade is not going anywhere. And then you see Dwayne Wade on Twitter when they're like, somebody uh, tweeted to him, um, I really like the Heat this year. He's like, yeah, we're going to be really good. He's still talking about the teams in terms of we. So he's, so he's still so connected to the franchise. Every 20-something-year-old in the NBA grew up watching Dwayne Wade. And if he's still here, he's still part of it. And he's still singing the accolades. And then you also see uh, the last video I saw of uh, Goron back on the uh, back on the practice floor. Chris Bosh is out there mm-hmm. chucking it up with Spo. Like it's just it's such a different look. Um, like who? What former Marlin greats are hanging around? Um, 
What? I mean, I mean, Conine. I guess I always, they always, <laughs> right? Mister Marlin. They always um, try to have Conine. Uh, no, and then I mean, the, you know, the Canes I mean, have some of it, but they just can't put it together. I, I'm hoping. Well, they well, but but the the Canes have it in the old the old former guys hanging around, or at least now that now that Manny's back. But the problem is that the the current team always pales in comparison to these guys. How are you going to create? Uh, and we've gone so long on this one, but how are you going to create anybody? like an Ed Reed or a Michael Irvin again, like that, that combination of hall of fame ability. I know Ed Reed was a three-star guy, but like hall of fame ability and that kind of passion for the program, that kind of motivational expertise. Okay. Of those two guys in a Ray Lewis, how are you ever going to create that again? Like, how do you find another Michael? Michael Irvin is like 68 years old. Okay. And he's like, top of his lungs and then like the next day he's on it, it's i mean it's unbelievable like it's very hard to replicate that the, it's and, hard and to replicate because you're you don't college football is squeezing the personality out of these guys mm-hmm. as much as humanly possible so and, and manny's tried to bring it back and i give him credit for that and i think they're going to go on a big winning streak and i think they're going to capture some momentum in this town uh and they're going to be the football program now for a little while until the dolphins can maybe figure this thing out but getting back to the ig video it is. That, to me, represented the heat in a lot of positive ways. So I guess to close, and I've said that before, but I guess to close, the two most promising th- things I saw this week, Tyler Harrow, your hope for the future, working out with your new star, Jimmy Butler, and then both buying in and having attitude about it. And so that's your present, right? And that's your future. And then to have your past, right? Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade, still engaging in that way. And like you mentioned, Bosch out there with Dragic. I just, I have a very good feeling about this organization right now. And I, again, I'm not a homer. I did not have that feeling a few months ago. All right, we're going to do a couple more episodes next week. We got to get to that 2021 free agent class. We did 2020 already, so check that out. Also, we're going to bring on somebody to talk about Tyler Harrow. Somebody who knows more than us. We'll talk to you soon. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.